Coming to you in hypersonic ultra-maximum high definition from the depths of the interwebs and straight into your ear holes, it's the Cinema Geekly Podcast. Featuring all of the people's names I wasn't paid enough to say in this intro. It's time for the Cinema Geekly Podcast, episode 147, cinemageekly.com. Head on over there right now, hit pause on this podcast, but not before I finish saying what I'm about to say. Uh, check out cinemageekly.com for the archive of not just this show, but all of our shows. Uh, they're all there, ready for your eardrums. Uh, Google Play and iTunes. All of the shows available individually there as well. Glenn, I know you mentioned at one point, I think off air. I don't. Maybe maybe we mentioned this on air too, but I think uh, you had you had mentioned or you had asked if I had planned on creating a singular feed in which uh, all shows would be available. It may or may not have been off air, yeah. but yes, I have posed the question. Um, I, and I have looked. I'm I'm looking into it. I'm not sure if I can post. Uh, I'm not sure when I create a when I create a post for an episode. I'm not sure. Uh, maybe it'll allow me to post the link in two different feeds. I bet it. I bet it probably does. Uh, I will look into that. Uh, it would be a big undertaking because I'd have to go through and add it in for like every show we've ever done. That could take some time. But I will look into it. Uh, you are not. You are now not just the only one. I believe I have received at least one email inquiry asking if we would be doing this, which would be one feed that you sub- that you could subscribe to that would have every single Cinema Geekly podcast that we put out available and retrievable in one feed in one location. So uh, I'll look into it. I don't know for sure if we're going to end up doing that or not, but... Uh, if anyone else is interested, cinemageekly at gmail.com, and we'll, I'll look into doing it. Uh, okay, sir, so there's a lot of stuff to cover. Yes, yes, there episode. is. It hasn't even been that long. No, it really wasn't even... We did, Our last episode... We was, just timed it perfectly. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> we, we timed it, like, what... I think as you posted it, what, or as we got done recording, the Rogue One dropped, and then... Yes. And then a bunch uh, same of same thing stuff. happened to me with uh, Nintendo Switch. <laughs> yeah, like a, a a ton of news. Uh, we we dropped on October the thirteenth was our last episode, and that, as you mentioned, is the same day that the new Rogue One trailer dropped, and then a bunch of other stuff uh, subsequently thereafter. So uh, we have a ton of things to talk about today. Let's start with the Rogue One trailer, the second trailer, I guess. Although this is really the third video advertisement they've put out for this movie, but I guess maybe the second long-form trailer. Uh, tons of new footage in this one. We finally get to see uh, your boy Mads in uh, in regalia and character, uh, and it That's is... about damn time. And he is, in fact, revealed to be Jin, the main character's father, and he is also revealed to be working on this here Death Star. And we also get a couple of new looks at Darth Vader, although be it one is kind of like an over the shoulder and you just see part of his helmet. Um, but there is another, uh, briefer shot, like a full body shot of Vader, uh, running towards someone who is on the ground. Neil, I'm assuming is, uh, Mads Mikkelsen. Yeah. Uh, so there is, uh, there's a lot of stuff to digest from this trailer, but one thing that I have taken from this and, and all of the trailers really. And I think this is just a, Gareth Edwards thing is he has come up with some really pretty looking shots. This movie, if it might, maybe it'll be terrible. Gareth Edwards might just become the next Ridley Scott. Like he knows how to make a set look good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I I don't know if this movie is going to be great. I don't know if it's going to be good, but I do know it's going to look really good. Yeah. Like I said, they'll be the next Ridley Scott. (laughs) Yes. Anything you pulled from this? Uh, I mean, look, I, I'm really glad that we got Mads in that trailer. Um, but he, the music to it, 
and we'll talk more so on the next trailer where the music works magnificently. Um, but I don't know. It just to me, we talked about in the other trailer, like the best thing about Gareth Edwards is scope. Like he just gives everything size. Mm-hmm. I don't quite understand how he does it. Cause it's not like he's using, you know, your classic camera angles, you know, looking up to make someone look big, all that kind of stuff. But it's just yeah. what, how he fills the camera it just makes stuff look ginormous. Mm-hmm. Just like, you know, you watch a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. It's like you look at it and it it's the scope is like this widening landscape. You know, like what why people like Breaking Bad, like those landscape shots are incredible. Yeah. But Gary Edwards does it with Star Wars and the fact that he makes an AT-AT just look incredibly imposing. Yeah, um, I mean, they looked they looked big. Especially to me when I was a kid watching episode yeah. four, and they still are, they still do a pretty good job of scope in those movies, even looking yeah, back at Yeah, the scale them. is still fine in it. But, but boy, does he just, yeah, they, they, they look so weighty and huge. Uh, there's a, I mean, to me, the, the stuff that really stands out is the, uh, the Death Star scenery that they do, because mm-hmm. we've seen the Death Star a million times, and obviously it's become like this. Uh, an image, uh, an iconic image. So it's been. They do do it what they did with Millennium Falcon. Yes, I mean, and it's it's like it's been photoshopped a million different ways <laughs> and put in a different a million different scenarios. Has been this Death Star. It's on the front of our website, uh, for example. Uh, but the the stuff they they've decided to do, the locations they've put it in, or the 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 ways they've decided to shoot it, are all things that felt new and ways we haven't uh, seen them before. It just, you're right. He's got a, a ridiculous eye for this sort of thing. And what, what really the question I've been asking myself the most after having watched this trailer a bunch of times is whose job do you think uh, is harder? Was it, is JJ Abrams job harder in, in starting a new chapter of star Wars or is Gareth Edwards have the harder job in that he is doing the first non Skywalker related Star Wars film and he's also having to fit it in uh during a time period where the look and the feel of what Star Wars is is very much established whereas in the prequels George Lucas could do whatever the fuck he wanted because none of that universe was established for better or for worse and uh with JJ Abrams while he did want to go back to that aesthetic, he was also given a little bit of leeway that he could do some things that were different from what happened in the original trilogy because this movie takes place so long after those films. Uh, this one takes place right in the middle and right before episode four. So who do you, do you think he has a... I feel like Gareth Edwards has a tougher job living up to what Star Wars looks and feels like because it's it's right there. It's, you know, however many years it is before Luke Skywalker. It's not very many. I would imagine. Do you feel like he's got a tough job? Yeah, I think he has a tougher job, and we're we don't need to get into the never-ending argument about uh, the prequels about yeah. about the Force Awakens or how or how Awakens. I feel and yeah, yeah. how how South Park feels about him. Uh, but no, I th- to me, I think he, the harder job that he has is you brought it up. It, it is fit in between two stories. Mm-hmm. So, A, I know what happens after, and I know what happens before. I mean, to me, I always feel like a prequel is harder to do because, oh, as soon as I see certain people, like, well, I know that person doesn't die. I know this person doesn't die. Sure. And to me, it's harder, as someone who tries to watch things emotionally, mm-hmm. uh, it's harder for me to get into that because I, I already know what's going to happen to them. So, to me, there's no stakes. Whereas right. in this, like, yeah, there's different characters or stuff, but big picture-wise, like, you know what's going to happen. And I do think he does a good job in the trailers establishing uh, there are certain characters I'm going to like. I mean, I like Donnie Yen and his Hong Kong stuff that he does, his Chinese films, like Ip Man. Uh, The way he speaks, he kind of seems slightly out of place in in these trailers. I, I don't. I don't know if it's not. I mean, it probably it could be, be way different in the movie. It's yeah, just I was gonna say, it might just be the the choices they've made too. Yeah, his the, the dialogue that they have him 
use in this like things that are being said just they seem really out of place as to like the feel they're trying to give you going into this movie um but i guess they're trying to use them as a contrast of hope i mean a lot of his things are about hope and the force is strong you know we can do this kind of thing um or even like Jen, like yeah, she gives like a rah rah speech, but it's it's much more like, well, we may die, but you know what, we gotta do it for the next generation, so they can fight and they can, you know, always keep going, um, that kind of deal. But no, I I I think he has a harder job. It's yeah. like you said, like he, <laughs> I don't know how much more into the future this is. I mean, the Death Star took twenty nine years to build, so it's already built. They're probably stealing it before it becomes operational i'm guessing um yeah. i mean like a, they're, they're, i mean so they're they're these because are the, the plan's are, already stolen and that's what how they transport it to leia so it can't be like too far into the future i mean too far into the past i mean I, maybe maybe a year or so and then the, the plans got lost and finally like a, another scout team brought it to leia or something like that but it yeah. can't be you know, supposedly as well, this movie will be answering the biggest logic loophole in all of Star Wars, uh, which is why would they build this massive super weapon with such an easily? I mean, it's not easily exploitable; like it's not in an easy spot. But like you just hit it once, and it's a house of cards, and the whole thing collapses, and the well, dust I mean, starts. I feel like if you shot anything in it, it's exhaust. You're gonna perhaps have it implode. I mean, if you, sh- but I think the I, I think the idea is that's always been considered uh, uh, a a plot hole, I guess. And my I biggest f- thing is why would they do it two more other times? Yes, <laughs> uh, I feel like okay, once shame on you. But <laughs> I think I think the feeling is that that will be Mads Mikkelsen's character is built is doing this kind of against his will. He's sort of like. Oppenheimer, but like, and Oppenheimer like kind of regretted his nuclear bomb making thing sort of after he had done it, and I think uh, Mickelson has sort of reached that stage already. And the I think the idea is that maybe he is the one who builds it. Oh, it makes weakness. sense. When we come across him, he's a farmer, so he's probably like a pacifist of sorts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they take him, and it's, you know, pretty much, hey, we'll kill your daughter and all this kind of stuff. You know, if you don't, you know, if you ever seen the Great Mouse Detective, it's kind of, yeah. <laughs> it's probably like it's probably almost that exact same type of plot. Star Wars uh, and the Great Mouse Detective. You know what? Um, <laughs> uh, there uh, should we should we blend the two Star Wars stories together? We probably should because I was going to just blend yeah. the three video game pieces we have together. So let's do that. Uh, there's another piece of Star Wars news that came out, and this is casting for the upcoming Han Solo Solo movie. Uh, I hope, I, by the way, I hope they just call it Han with like a bunch of periods, and then it just is called Solo, because it's a standalone picture. So ho- hopefully they go that route, Glenn, and steal my genius marketing idea, but they have cast... I'm sure Lord and Miller have already come up with that idea. <laughs> I'm sure they have. Um... They know how to take the piss out of their own work. Solo, solo. Uh, So they have cast young Lando Calrissian for this film, and it is Donald Glover from Community Fame, and and Atlanta, and Atlanta, right? Which he's that's the show that he's uh, got his hands on, and uh, Childish Gambino. Character in it? Is he the worst character in his own thing? Yeah, I mean, he's not the best. The best Paperboy. Paperboy's awesome. <laughs> uh, so what do you make of this casting? Uh, everyone's excited. I'm excited. This Han Solo movie, I think, is going to be really good, even though a lot of people at first didn't want it. What do you think of the casting? I mean, I like Donald Glover. Mm-hmm. I feel like his, him, his personality works well with, like, Lord and Miller's personality. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is kind of strange because... Lando Calrissian is like the coolest dude. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Billy Dee Williams was the like the stereotypical, but he was in space, I guess. So he was like a stereotypical space pimp. Uh, yeah, but more he's but he's cool just because it's him. Like it's yes. just the essence. It's yes, just yes. like you know, Hanzo is you know a scoundrel. Like mm-hmm. there there are essence of of those actors that seep through in those yeah. performances which is why we appreciate them so yeah. much lando is like the suave guy who gets yeah. them into where han solo has to do all the dirty work yeah yeah and 
I don't necessarily think of Donald Glover as that. Mm-hmm. But again, you know, I it's Disney. They're pretty good about casting their stuff. So yes, uh, at this point, I mean, I, I like him. So yeah, I like him. It's just to me, it's kind of odd because he isn't. But I, again, I couldn't even tell you who I, who my choice would be to be the the cool Lando. black guy. And Billy that. D. Williams, I would have just recast him. Him, <laughs> yeah, like I mean, you already saw D- that Disney can do the age reverse process now. They're building upon yeah. their their jaded efforts in Tron and kind of perfecting it in uh, Civil War. So yeah, they, they did a great job in Ant Man, both in Ant Man and in Civil War. Although, granted, the short amount of time that these de aged models were on screen uh, lends me to think that it's probably quite expensive so maybe de-aging <laughs> billy d williams for an entire movie might not be feasible but uh yeah you're right jacqueline and jillian on their podcast we approve it uh slash the following has been approved they mentioned the same things like they like donald glover but they are uh they're not convinced that he is the coolest man in the room like, what do they suggest uh, i don't know if they i don't think they had any ideas for who should play i mean michael him. coulter's pretty cool but Oh my He's god! Way too massive. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mike Coulter is awesome so far. I mean, I've only seen the first two episodes of Luke Cage, uh, Podcasters of Shield, cheap plug. But uh, you are correct, sir. That dude is a mountain of a human being, <laughs> and like, unless you want like Han Solo, like constantly looking up at Lando. I'm just trying to picture like Mike Coulter with like the Lando hair and the mustache, and <laughs> it's driving me crazy right now. And like big cloak. I think that would actually be incredible, but it would it would stick out like crazy. I mean, if like Wood Harris was like twenty years younger, that'd be cool. The guy who played <laughs> Julius and Remember the Titans, like mm-hmm. I'd be good with that. But even Donald Glover's a lot older than I thought it was. He's like what thirty, thirty two. Yep. So, hey, sometimes, uh, sometimes, Glenn, I I should note that we do this every now and again. We talk about video games on this show. You want to talk about some video games for a little bit? It's rare that this ever happens, but there's a there's there's been some tie-ins a little bit, yeah, and, and some big news as it yeah, pertains to video games. So pretty pretty big news, couple of them. Let's start with the let's start with the OK, which is uh, the uh, the second trailer for Michael Fassbender's Assassin's Creed came out, and this <laughs> movie appears to be on track to be the very first video game adaptation that results in an okay movie. Uh, I'm, I'm unsure if there's been other okay. Well, you know what I've heard? Uh, I've heard some people describe um, what, uh, Warcraft as, as okay. I've not seen it, so I couldn't tell you if it's just okay or not. Uh, I'm not just based off of the trailers. I'm not sure if this is going to be the very first good video game adaptation uh, to film. Um, it just, it looks okay. I don't know what else to say about it, though. Uh, it's just kind of, it's just kind of looking like it's there for me. I think I'm still hung up on the fact that they're, they have said that they are focusing on what is traditionally the least interesting part about the video games, which is the stuff that takes place in the, uh, the future or the present or whatever it happens to be in the in the case of, of the what's ins- the point of making the movie right like all the best stuff in the game is when you're playing as an assassin now granted obviously that's also because it's the most fun but to me that's also the area for the richer history you've got all these beautiful landscapes you've got this historical uh, all of these historical accounts to play off of and i think the more interesting story to be told is in there but i guess they feel like well no that's what makes the game work but the there's a richer tapestry of story. I guess to tell. you get to use a better narrative going that route, perhaps with the animus stuff and Abstergo. But eh, it's not. I don't know that that doesn't have my interest. So. That'd be like if they made an Uncharted movie, because I'm kind of <laughs> done talking about this Assassin's Creed. Are you and already? They are you already and they done? didn't make it about all of the action, and they just made it about. You know, as much as we appreciate the relationships, mm-hmm. <laughs> let's not kid ourselves. We want really cool action set pieces. <laughs> yeah, like it's a it's a it's a love story with uh, Drake and Elena, where they only frequently yeah, if they, they pretty much remade Romancing the Stone. Yeah, like, where they occasionally be... they occasionally flash back to Nate doing things. 
yeah, that would be that would be shit. Like they're on the beach, and you know, you see this little girl, and she goes into another bungalow and comes across all these cool things. Well, you've adeptly helped us segue from that Assassin's Creed trailer, which <laughs> I'm still hoping. I'm look, I'm still holding out hope that it's gonna no. Be I mean, a good it movie. looks okay. I'm not. Yeah. The trailers make it look okay. I'm hoping the trailers are not doing it justice. I hope it's going to be a way better movie than the trailers are suggesting because right now it kind of just looks like your standard uh, action movie fare with, you know, the, you know, uh, and, and like I said, to me, the best looking stuff has been all like all of the Spanish Inquisition things that they're all the all the old timey Spain stuff. That's oh, what the stuff a show. That, that's the stuff that looks the most interesting, but they are. Uh, I guess they're not focusing on that. So let's. No, uh, they, you know, we, it's because we all just wish they would go away. I've ruined your segue, Glenn. Uh, the Uncharted movie, which uh, I thought was dead in the water. In fact, the last time I had read about it, it sounded like it had, it was being shelved. Uh, however, this report from Deadline says Sean Levy to direct Uncharted PlayStation video game movie on Fast Track. So, uh, yeah, they have set this man to direct uh, the Uncharted movie. And uh, Joe, what is it? Joe Carnahan is the guy who wrote the most recent version of the script. Yeah, I was kind of hoping he'd stay on it. I like, I like some of his movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Levy has done. But he's some doing Bad Boys 3. Stuff. Yeah, he hasn't done. His, his, his entire resume is not. Oh no, that's why Carnahan left. Particularly, he left because of Levy. No, he left because he's going to be doing uh, Bad Boys Three. Oh, Carnahan left because he's doing Bad Boys Three. Right, right, right. Which is fine. I think he could also make a good Bad Boys movie. Right. Uh, I mean, Levy has done okay. So Levy's done some stuff that I haven't particularly cared about, <laughs> like Night at the Museum. Uh, he did direct Real Steel, which uh, I thought was actually surprisingly fun i don't know if you've seen it but i thought it was surprisingly good uh but that was rising over a fairly low bar uh but recently uh he has been executive producing and directing episodes of stranger things yeah so that's his i am this this is I, di- I didn't even realize this i'm sure i'd notice his names in the credits and i just i, I didn't think about it but uh, and he's going to be directing more in season two. Uh, but yeah, they are, I guess they, they are putting uh, Nathan Drake on the fast track here. And uh, I guess we'll we'll see where things go. This is obviously just the start of this. Uh, this is, there are basically two video game franchises for me that I'm going to be the most nervous about if they try to turn them into films. And they've already, they're already doing it here with one of them, which is Uncharted. So I'm terribly nervous because I love those video games. I know you do as well, and they are—they're great. They're—they're they're great storytelling games, but they're also just great, like wonderfully designed video games. I'm hoping that they can. I'm hoping that they can manage to adapt it properly to kind of give it that that feel. Although it shouldn't be that hard. Like I mean, playing an Uncharted game feels almost literally like playing an Indiana Jones movie uh, in some ways. So I don't think it would be that because they've definitely modeled the game after big set pieces and like that kind of uh, bombastic orchestra music type stuff. They've certainly played to it. Like they've made a game that plays more like a movie uh, than your, than your typical game. So I'm hoping it fares well, but I am also terrified that it will fall into the long line of video game movies that have not been very good. He's just an odd choice to me. Agreed. Because it's yeah. like, he's like Christopher Columbus. Or not Christopher, Chris Columbus, sorry. Chris Columbus, yeah. Not yeah. the not the guy who we celebrate a day for that we shouldn't really be celebrating. <laughs> yeah. We should, uh, we should celebrate Chris Columbus instead. I like him far more than yeah, Christopher Columbus. Give us Home Alone. That's right. And and one of the and Harry Potter, I think, as well. He did one yeah, of Yeah, he did the first two Harry Potters. Yeah. First two Home Alones. Um, his production company, 1492. Yep. Uh, but no, it's... Uh, 
it just was odd to me. Yeah, I I forgot that he did Stranger Things because I was kind of like, well, this is gonna suck. That makes me feel better. If he could just bring on the Duffer Brothers to write it, then I am a hundred percent okay. <laughs> yeah. Even if they want to set this during the eighties, I don't care. I'll watch that. <laughs> so you're so they're just subsequently just gonna remake <laughs> just Indiana use, Jones. Yeah, just remake Indiana Jones. I'm okay with that if they want to do that and call it Uncharted. But um, yeah, you're right. It's weird. He's he would not have been my first choice, obviously. Although, you know, me being the weirdo that I am, I would have just been like, you know, just put the directors and the writers from the game uh, onto making the live action movie because uh, they do direct. Obviously, a lot of those games are motion. All, all, most of the Uncharted games, I think, or perhaps even all of them, were motion captured, uh, so they had to be uh, directed in that uh, in that regard. Uh, we are not done with the video game talk, though. Uh, we, despite uh, my my concerns, notwithstanding uh, an Uncharted film, uh, there is one other piece of video game news that came out, and I know you, sir, are going to probably talk about this at length on another flip for side B. But uh, let's get some early thoughts here, because Nintendo announced their new new system called the switch i think this was the what was it the codename nx for a while Mm -hmm. uh how do you know how long this is coming out after wii u i don't think wii u has been out that long uh well i mean the whole thing was we used the sales plummeted it wasn't yes didn't offer anything new a lot of the games just the hardware on it was so dated um because they tried to keep it so close to the wii and they shouldn't have yeah and um no, it was. I mean, that's why they've postponed this this Legend of Zelda game. Well, as soon as it was another year that you weren't going to get Legend of Zelda, pretty everybody pretty much knew they were going to hold off their mm-hmm. bets on a new system. And the rumors for a long time with the system was they were going to have it to be it was more mobile because the thing about Nintendo, you know, with their main hub, you know, their bread and butter, and of course, you know, America being a large market, um, but in Japan. Almost everyone uses handheld devices. No one, nobody plays on a console. Right. And so with this new thing, it, it's kind of like getting best of both worlds, it looks like. Or what they're trying to do is best of both worlds. You know, yes. Really appeal to their home market and also having a more broad appeal uh, to the Western you know, side yes. of the map because we primarily play games indoors. I mean, yeah, you'll see people play on held-and-held devices, but it's a lot less of a... Um, uh, like, face-to-face community. Mm-hmm. Um, which was kind of the neat thing about Pokemon Go this summer is it kind of just really got people together. And of course, it faded because that game had an expiration date on it. Yeah. Um, but the other problem with Nintendo, and it, it looks like they they might revert back to that, is they really dismissed their hardcore gamers. I mean they they purposely put in bugs um, so that they wouldn't have tournaments or competitions. You know, like Mario Kart, and there are certain things that would do to kind of level the playing field. Mm-hmm. Um, or with Smash, you just would have the random trips as to balance out the game between competition. Yeah, uh, this looks like... And they've slowly kind of did that with Wii U. They they kind of reverted some of that stuff back, uh, especially in Smash. You don't have those stupid trips uh, like no. you did in, in the Wii version. So it looks like they're trying to go back to the way Nintendo was, which is great because Nintendo was amazing for, what, 20 years? <laughs> yeah, and and I mean... Supporters of the games would still say that Nintendo makes great games, but they're not fans of the consoles that they uh, are are putting out. I guess, or they're not the consoles aren't keeping up with everything else that's that's available. So the Switch appears to be a. This looks like there's a lot of pieces to this console. It's not even a console. The actual console <laughs> itself is a, a tablet. Uh, essentially, is I think is the actual console. It comes with. Uh, it comes with a dock, so you can you plug your tablet into the dock, and then you can play on your television set. Uh, and I believe it's like uh, I think they said that the uh, the workings are going to be comparable to a PlayStation Four 
I think they said as far as like the power of the of the system goes and the controller piece is it's Nintendo and ever since Nintendo did uh came out with the the Wii they've been weird with like how they do their controllers I don't think they've done a typical controller since then maybe GameCube was the last normal controller they've come out with uh the controller for the Switch is really interesting so uh it's basically two separate pieces uh that slide on to uh a version that you use for your console television playing but then they slide off and can slide on to the side of the tablet for on the go playing uh but then if you want to do some two player stuff at least by the looks of the video you detach them from the side of the tablet and then one person can take one half and the other person can take the other half and use them as two controllers it seems like it's going to be really really versatile and they're claiming Glenn I think probably the biggest news for people that have been hesitant to jump back on the Nintendo bandwagon they're claiming that there's going to be a lot of third party uh, games so it's not going to just be purely Nintendo or Nintendo oriented content I believe they were showing Skyrim Remastered I think they showed uh, NBA 2K 16 or 17 I'm not sure which uh, so I, I guess that's got people excited. The big thing I have questions of, and, and again, I'm kind of waiting a little bit so that it isn't just pure specula- speculation, mm-hmm. is when um, how long that battery is going to last if you have it remotely detached to right. play a game with friends. Right, especially playing games that are uh, that high quality, because apparently you're playing them... Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I haven't seen the specs. I don't know what frame rate they're playing at. Probably, I'm going to just assume 30. I'm going to guess they're not doing 60 FPS, uh, but I'm guessing 1080p. So they're playing relatively high intensity games on that small tablet device. I, I too, am wondering what kind of battery life that thing is going to have. I'm not sure. I would imagine it can't be huge. Yeah, I mean, even, I mean, even if it's like four hours, that's yeah. pretty good. Um, They're doing I would hope cart- it is at least that. Right, and they are doing cartridges. Yeah. Blows my mind. Are they Going doing a to- cartridge or are they doing like those little mini, uh, like those micro USB cards? Oh, it looks like they were like, um, like a, not, not, oh, God damn, like a, like a SanDisk. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. like those micro USB cards. Yeah. Um, I guess when I hear cartridges, Glenn, I think big, heavy, square plastic things. That's what I want. Bring those back. I want to play. I want to play two K seventeen on a on a. I have to plug in a giant ass plastic cartridge into a console. That's what I want, Glenn. I don't think I'm gonna get it. Um. So yeah, how do you are you gonna jump on board with this thing? Are you? Gonna I mean, we'll wait see. And see more? I mean, the nice thing about Nintendo is they're usually price pointed pretty well. Yes. I mean, in comparison. Yes. Yes. Um. But no, I really want to see what kind of titles they're gonna talk. I mean, E3 is gonna be the biggest. It's boomer bust for them at this point. The commercial. Um, the commercial is certainly setting them apart from yeah. the traditional what people think of Nintendo, which is kids and family and. This was full of hipsters, Glenn, playing video well, games. Well, that's what I mean. Is they're, they're go, I think they're trying to go back to... Because, like I said, they really pushed away you know, the people who grew up playing Nintendo. Yeah, I mean, that, um, that's me. I haven't, owned a, I haven't owned a Nintendo console since 64. So yeah. I, haven't, I haven't looked back. And nor have I even regretted it, really. I mean, I know there's been some titles out there that I have missed out on, but by and large, it really hasn't been a thing where I have regretted the the decision. So you're correct in that regard. Yeah, and so, you know, at the very least, if they're going back to to that kind of stuff, I mean, you have the NES that's going to get released next month um, that oh. comes preloaded with 30 games. Oh, I yeah. will be buying that. Yeah, same here. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but it's, they have priceless IPs. It's just they yeah. kind of, like I said, their systems. That uh, That NES system as well, they are not... They are not messing around with that. They have loaded it with like, like the tippity top NES titles, which, like I know, is not a big deal nowadays. Like, like thirty games, isn't it? Yeah, it's thirty games, and it's all of the big Mario games and Legend oh, yeah. of Zelda, and it's like what forty bucks, something like that. 
Yeah, depending on where you're buying it from. Uh, I've I've seen it as high as sixty. I mean, that's still to me. Yeah, I mean that's the bucks. I that's the I, price I mean, of the that's the price too, of Madden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could buy a console that has like all the games I love. Yeah, I, I think I could. I'm I eagerly could I'm eagerly awaiting the people that be like, you know, you can just play those games on your phone with emulators, right, for free. It's not the same. I know. I, I mean, want them on my emulators on my phone. I mean, that's I had Pokemon Crystal for the longest time, my old phone. Right. I want it on my TV. I want to hold because they're also they're also coming with it as the classic controllers. Some that, things you can't do that have to be plugged in, Glenn. They're not yeah. wireless either, so you have to have fucking cords, which I, I normally am against nowadays. But I appreciate for the nostalgic factor in this regard. Uh, so yeah, I. It comes with like a duck hunt gun. No, there's no duck hunt. I don't even think duck hunts on there. Oh man, which is a shame. So it might be the stripped down version of Super Mario Brothers without duck hunt package with it, which is a shame because duck hunt is great. Yeah, now they now they just got to do the next thing with Super NES and. Hey, I've a. Uh... Pumping these bad boys out every couple of years. It's one way to keep the company alive. <laughs> I've managed to I've managed to work this out great. So we've had a couple of Star Wars pieces, we've had three video game pieces, and now we've got some comic book movie stuff. Uh, so let's move on to that real quick. Uh, we got our first sneak peek of Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. Uh, they used obviously the same music from the original. Tra- this this is actually all they needed to do because they, as I noted. Uh, the the gigantic set of balls on Marvel. They just decided they don't even have to put the title of the movie in the trailer. They just put the music. They showed the characters, and then it says, "We know you're going to go see it." Here's the date it comes out. It may not even have a title, Glenn. I don't even know. Uh, that's how confident Marvel is that this movie's going to rake in the money, and it and it will. I'm sure. Uh, it looks pretty much like what you would want if you really enjoyed the first movie. Uh, this is the, uh, I believe this is the quest to find Star-Lord's dad, whom they've already revealed is Kurt Russell. Uh, and he is Ego the Living Planet. So I'm guessing the planet they were shown walking on is probably the Ego planet, right? I guess. I don't know. Probably. That's my, that's my feeling. A lot of people said this was the, a lot of the footage was some of the stuff they showed at Comic-Con this year. And uh, they revealed the whole Kurt Russell scene there. So they didn't show it here, but uh, they said that's where the that uh, that stuff was taken from. Uh, I'm convinced they CG'd in the little baby Groot uh, at the end. I have a feeling that's a scene with Rocket and Groot's not even in it. But they wanted to put little baby Groot in it, so they CG'd him to make it look like he's on his shoulder because it that doesn't look like he's really standing on his shoulder uh, or anything like that. Although I do enjoy the idea that they've played off that in the first movie, it was rocket on Groot's shoulder while uh, rocket was, was shooting a bunch of people. Uh, There was a funny scene with uh, Dave Batista who this seems to be the role he was born to play Glenn. (laughs) I'm not sure, but he he's, he's really, he's really good uh, at playing Drax. Uh, and you know, it's your typical sneak peek. They showed, uh, fleeting glimpses of things and, uh, then told us the movie is coming and we're all going to go see it. So, uh, does this leave any impressions on you? Does this make you excited for this film? Uh, did it leave you cold or wanting more? How how did you feel about it? It didn't really sway me either way. No. I mean, like it was good. It was fine, but it wasn't like, like you said, you mean, you said it, it was, you know, like gave you this. You saw what you wanted to see. Boom, boom, boom. Get the music. Let's get back in the feel. Get in the groove of things. Yeah, this movie's coming out. You're gonna see it. Like that was. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, cool. Like, <laughs> but I'm not like. They could have probably. It's shown not like slide. what's gonna happen when the Beauty and the Beast trailer comes out. Like I'm not gonna lose my mind over this. Uh, like I am that. But that's just because that indeed. teaser trailer was the ultimate goddamn tease. Uh, <laughs> it was indeed. That was so. Yeah. No. Quite it teasy. was. No, this was, I mean, it's, you know, like you said, it was stuff we've seen before, we're familiar with. And yeah, Dave Bautista is born to play this role. Um, so he doesn't have to mess around with any other James Bond movies. I mean, he was fine in that movie. He was definitely not the issue no, uh, with that movie. I mean, most of the actors really weren't the issue. I think it was more of a, a story. Yeah, more of a story. Issue. Plot thing. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, there'd be more to talk about if it was more than just a sneak peek, but it was literally about a minute. Uh, and that's about it. There was really nothing that stood out as new or different that would be worth mentioning. Uh, other than adorable baby Groot and his adorable baby Groot jacket. That is about it. I'm sure they'll sell about a quadrillion of those uh, figures and plushy dolls. I'm sure. Yeah, it's kind of it's a little sickening <laughs> that it's just they're using this as just pure fucking money. Just goddamn it, Disney. Yeah. Well, I mean, look, I I don't care. The first movie was great, and James Gunn is a really quirky director. And I I like his his weirdness, and it really lends itself to this this particular corner of Marvel. So I'm I'm gonna be super ridiculous excited to watch it. So uh, speaking of Marvel movies, this one though isn't from uh, Marvel Studios. This is from the folks over at Fox. They released the first trailer. I highly recommend the international version of the trailer for Logan, uh, aka Not Old Man. Uh, I guess clearly, Glenn, they are just using the uh, the aesthetic of Old Man Logan, but from what I gather, they're not doing the story. Yeah. But they're doing the aesthetic. Uh, based off of what I've seen from this trailer, outside of the fact that they used uh, the Johnny Cash cover of Hurt, which is... The greatest cover song of all time. It's amazing, and it works really well in this. Uh, and with the exception of Sir Patrick Stewart's appearances in this trailer, it largely appears to be The Last of Us, but with Wolverine. <laughs> it does, and that's why Sony just needs to hop on and just make Hugh Jackman and Joel like it. Just... That would be great. I mean, it would. Be I mean, great. I'm I'm still I still think Josh Brolin is the perfect man for it, but. Mm. After seeing this trailer, I'm like, well, fuck it. I mean, we already know he has the look for it. <laughs> just <Yeah>. do it. <laughs> I mean, they could have just literally cast these two people. The, they could cast Hugh Jackman and, and whoever the young lady is who is playing X-23. So uh, I think I think it would work perfect. But yeah, so uh, this looks totally and completely different from anything else they've turned out thus far. In a good way, I would say. Uh, yeah, it seems like they're like what they would have done if Aronofsky kept on with the Wolverine, mm-hmm. and then they just made the third act complete schlock. Um, <laughs> like this is, it looks like they're they're just going. I mean, it doesn't. Look, they better go the whole distance this time until the last fifteen seconds or so when they actually show him with his claws out and killing people. You wouldn't even know it's actually a Wolverine movie until then. Because with the with the lone exception of that, and I believe uh, the one reference to mutants, yeah. Other than that, there it's is like done. it doesn't feel like a, an X Men movie. So, uh, this I don't even know if the trailer was really like that good. It's just the song. The song helps. Song. Oh my god! Just. It the just gets helps. feels every time you hear it. It's the only reason why I keep watching the trailer. It's just <laughs> some of those images just tie in so perfectly with, with that the, with song. Music, yeah. It's you in your soul. Uh, so the thing that has me confused is... Timeline? Yeah. When <laughs> when does this take place? In I have re- no idea. When does this take place? in re- Not in relation to like uh, X-Men Apocalypse. When does this take place in relation to... The the end of Days of Future Past, where Logan uh, restores the timeline, and uh, you know he he's changed the future, where Jean Grey is still around, and all those guys are still around, uh, and they're not dead. Like, how far after this does this take place? Because watching it, all of the cars look like modern time cars. This doesn't look like some desolate post-apocalyptic future. Oh, it could be desolate post-apocalyptic. It's just not, you know, technology kind of stopped. Right. Uh, I mean, it's possible. I don't know. A lot of those cars look shiny and new, though, so I'm not sure. Uh, they look shiny and new in Mad Max, but... That's true. Lord knows that's not, you know, next year. So, yeah, it's it's hard to figure out the continuity here. I believe I mentioned that it feels like it's harder to tell. It's it, This might be worse than the Terminator's timelines at this point. Yeah, uh, I mean... It's hard to figure out what's what and when 
I mean, yeah, it's so. I mean, if this movie's good, like, I don't really care. The first time I it's watched, it's not like this, the Terminator, where the timeline's kind of important. Like, yes, I feel like with it's these, all about time travel. Yeah, so with this, it's, I feel like you can kind of like Days of Future Past. I lot, you know, we thought was decent. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I'll be the well. Look, I'll be the first to admit the first time I watched this, I thought maybe this was some sort of weird. Uh, Wolverine concept movie that exists outside of the normal canon of the X-Men like films. the uh, like like that short that they did of Dirty Laundry yeah or like, <laughs> the, like that or like the Sean Connery James Bond film that he made that oh, isn't yeah, in the James Bond yeah, isn't canon canon yeah. uh, like you know maybe it's one of those but uh, Where, which one is that which James Bond movie is it oh god I can't remember what it's called uh, is it like isn't it like never say never or something? Yeah, that's what that, that that's the one. Yeah, never say never. Okay. Never say never. Uh, yeah, man. This I thought maybe that's what this was, but <laughs> Red October. <laughs> that's what I thought this was. Yeah, he had a great Russian accent in that film. Uh, His accent works with everything. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know what this is. Uh, I think it's going to be good. It looks like it's going to be good, but. Yeah, yeah, it's looks weird. Like some of that stuff with Professor X is going to be pretty goddamn soulful yeah. and powerful. Sir Patrick Stewart is great, so yeah, I think he's he, boy, he and he is looking ragged. Uh, Professor X is so. Time has not been kind to Charles Xavier. Uh, third piece of news, and we're staying with Marvel, and we're staying with Fox. Deadpool director Tim Miller has exited the sequel over creative differences uh apparently the creative differences were with ryan reynolds and uh according to the report tim miller left in an amicable fashion uh and is jumping to another fox project called influx uh based on a david suarez novel so uh he has left uh, do they my first question is because this is not our first discussion with an amicable departure that we're going to have before we are done with this show. Uh, do you always buy the line that it's amicable? Is that just something that is always said, or do you believe this is probably actually amicable? Um, it sounds like he had another project lined up. So yeah, I may have just been like, God, it's not worth the headache. That kind of thing. Just leave. Right. Uh, but I don't know. I already know who they should have replaced as his, as his heir apparent, so they want to pull from music video guys. There's no one better than the Daniels these days. The Daniels? <laughs> yeah, the guys who did Swiss Army Man. I want to see them make a Deadpool movie. It'd be uh, incredible. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, I'm, it's it's always difficult to tell. Like, Tim Miller is the guy who is essentially responsible, for, I think, for Deadpool being here. Uh, I, I At least in movie form, obviously. Yeah. Um, I believe it he sucks. Was the, I believe he was the one who leaked the footage originally that got the people talking, and uh, ultimately wound up uh, with the highest grossing rated R film. Uh, you know, I guess it's a it'll be a it'll be a wait and see. Obviously, I think the same writers are still on board. Uh, although I know the directors have more power in movie making land than the writers Rex tend to. And Paul Wesnick is that their name? I think so. Yeah, so I, I'm I'm not sure. Maybe Ryan Reynolds will just direct the movie and star in it, Glenn. Maybe that'll oh, happen. He's just going to pull Mel Gibson. I'll just pull a Gibson. Oh. Make it happen. Have you seen Charles Fat new Mel Gibson movie? No, I haven't. It looks outstanding. Does it? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to tell you the cast and you're going to be like, huh? But All right. it's got Andrew Garfield as the lead. Sam Worthington. Wow. Uh, Vince Vaughn. Wow. <laughs> uh, well, Hugo Weaving plays uh, Andrew Garfield's dad. But, uh, yeah, Hacksaw Ridge. You need to watch that trailer because it looks really good. And you say this looks outstanding with that cast, huh? Yeah, it really does. All right. <laughs> it's also trending at, like, 94%, I think, too. Ah, so. uh, yes. I mean, I've heard of it. I just I haven't seen the, I haven't seen the trailer. Yeah, well, until now, like, they were very much so... Yeah, see this movie, like, from the director of Braveheart, the director of, like, it was very clear they did not want to use his name, which I do not blame them, uh, but damn, like, it looks really good. 
from the Sugar Tits tape. <laughs> yeah. uh, let me see here. What else we got? Um, okay, so outside of that, uh, we got one other big piece of uh, amicable splitting. And that would be the news that literally broke two hours ago, right before we started recording. Brian Fuller is stepping down as the showrunner of Star Trek Discovery. Uh, again, this is being uh, this is being uh, touted as an amicable split. Now, this one, after having read all of it, because there's been multiple updates since the story first broke, and uh, they've already announced new showrunners. Uh, they're co-showrunners, Gretchen Berg and Aaron Harberts, who I believe were writing uh, on the writing staff and. They were producers and co-writers with uh, Pushing Daisies and a variety hmm. of other shows as well. Uh, Wonderfalls. Um, and they also did stuff like, uh, they did other stuff like Roswell. Uh, some things like that. Uh, so they've already been named new showrunners. Uh, Fuller uh, has already uh, fully endorsed them. And uh, the story is that Brian Fuller is a very talented man who is spinning a lot of plates right now and has a lot of projects. And apparently one of the reasons why Star Trek Discovery, which was scheduled originally for its premiere in January, was pushed back to, I believe, May, was part in part because Fuller had many things on his plate. And apparently he is not cleared off enough of these things uh, because in order for him to stay on as showrunner, I guess they were looking at a possible further delay of the show and CBS does not want to do another delay. So they split, I guess, in an amicable fashion, although... Uh, and he has... Uh, now, according to CBS, they said that he has penned the first two scripts for Discovery and they have... And he has hammered out the broader story arc and mythology for the show. So his fingerprints are still going to be on it, but he's not going to be, he'll no longer be running the show, at least for, you know, the first season his fingerprints are going to be on it. Yeah, uh, come on over to Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, apparently, uh, uh, and a bunch of stuff came out as well, too. Like, they had originally been quoted as $9 million per episode, but I think it is now between 6 and $7 million per episode. I'm not sure what kind of budget that is comparatively to other shows. Uh, I know, like, Game of Thrones is doing way way more than 6 or $7 million an episode, I think, so... Uh, I'm yeah. Not sure what, I'm not sure. It also makes a shitload of money somehow. A lot more money, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't, like... It's just... Because the thing is, like, they don't have ads. Like, all their money has to be from merchandise. That's insane. Yes. And it, although they have a lot of pirated stuff, I, they still make a shitload of money off of their box sets. So uh, They also uh, also announced with his departure that uh, Akiva Goldsman is coming in as a, another top creative guy. So he's uh, been involved in some really good stuff writing-wise and some not-so-good not stuff writing-wise. What's the bad stuff? Uh, did the screenplay for Batman Forever, although oh. some people would argue that that's not a bad movie. I mean, it's okay. He wrote Batman and Robin. Okay. Yeah. Lost in Space. Okay. Uh, he did iRobot. Um. Uh, but he also wrote A Beautiful Mind. He wrote... Shit. He wrote Cinderella Man. <laughs> so, if it's Ron Howard and Russell Crowe, this guy is fucking gold. <laughs> yes. Uh, I mean, he's written he's written other movies that I think are good but not great or fine. Uh, like Da Vinci Code, I think is fine. I Am Legend is fine. They're not blowaways or anything. Uh, he was uh, a writer and producer on Fringe. I uh, did the screenplay oh, okay. for Winter's Tale. Uh, he's doing the screenplay for The Dark Tower as well. Oh. So, uh, so he's got uh, he's hit or miss. It looks like most of his misses though took place in the 90s. So... And it seems like a lot of creative decisions, probably by directors. Mm -hmm. It's hard to judge a screenwriter. If, if Russell Crowe... So, if, what, what we're... I think what we've decided is, in fact, that if Russell Crowe and Ron Howard were 
in on in on the Star Trek TV show. It might be one of the best. It'll probably be one of the best TV shows of all time. Yeah, <laughs> they, probably. They, they apparently work very well. Together. Ron Howard makes damn good television. So, uh, so they are, uh, uh, and in this whole mess of stuff that's come out about Discovery, it's also been announced that the casting is nearly complete, save for the lead role, which they have not yet cast, and uh, they've also. Hollywood reporters also mentioned uh, uh, very vague descriptions of many of the cast, including an openly gay character, a female admiral, a male Klingon, a male admiral, uh, an advisor, and a British male actor. So those are all incredibly vague. <laughs> a British male actor. A Klingon captain will be in the show. Well, that is to be somewhat expected in a Star Trek show. Uh, I guess, like breaking news, there will be starships in the Star Trek show, Glenn. Oh, cool. Breaking news. It will be in space. You'll see planets. Well, you know, if they were making this as the final chapter of Wolverine movie, they might not have starships. <laughs> Perhaps. Uh, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about the box office real quick. Well, no, i got to tell you about one other thing. Oh, okay, go ahead. While I pull so the apparently off. the third part of the Cloverfield series will be called God Particle. Really? Yeah. I have not, I have not heard this. Is this. How long ago did this come out? 17 hours ago. All right, the wrap. I'm looking at it. Yep. J.J. Abrams' God Particle is next film in Cloverfield series. Exclusive, it says. Uh, the exclu- uh, the mysterious upcoming J.J. Abrams-produced film, God Particle, will be the latest movie connected with Cloverfield. Uh, not only will Particle be the third in a series of connected Cloverfield films, but Abrams and studio partner Paramount Pictures are quietly developing more movies for the shared universe. The individual said, both parties hope to release a new film in the shared Cloverfield universe each year. So this is going to be paranormal activity. I mean, as long as they're good. I mean, ten they Cloverfield, can make it... ten Cloverfield Lane is like probably the best movie I've seen this year. So. It's a great movie. I mean, the last ten minutes kind of suck, but Jesus Christ! I mean, just if, if John so Goodman weird. doesn't get an Oscar this year, this is bullshit. Goodman was really great in that gun. So he, creepy. He oh, was God. very good. That's an, yeah, that blows my mind. By the way, that they, uh, I mean, because we talked about this, that they basically took another movie and then turned it into this Cloverfield movie by re, like redressing some of it and reshooting some of it, but. Uh, I think I would have watched the original movie with those performances. Holy shit! Yeah, and that's the thing is, what's kind of cool is like even the the Cloverfieldy stuff doesn't really take away from it at all. I mean, it's not. No, no, no. It really works as its own movie. It's just you know at the end, kind of, sorta, but everything that's happening in between. I mean, it 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 fits, and it, I mean, it's kind of weird that the aliens are different, but uh, it works. It's good. It's really fucking good. A recommendation if people have not seen it yet. Uh, let's talk about the top five of the box office from last weekend as we approach this weekend's releases of movies. Uh, number five is The Girl on the Train, which fell from number two, did $7.1 million. The Accountant, where Ben Affleck is an accountant who murders people, fell from number one to number four. Damn. Uh, doing $13.6 million, though, so that's not too bad. Uh, for a movie of of this variety. Uh, These are all debuts going up, though. Number three, Ouija, Origin of Evil, debuted at number three. Doesn't it have, like, a good score? $14 million. Uh, Ouija, by the way, Glenn, you're correct, is at 80% on the tomato meter. Certified fresh, by the way, uh, with 82 reviews. Hmm. Uh, yeah. There you go. I, <laughs> to be perfectly honest, that is the most surprising thing I have read today. I would not have expected that. Uh, $16 million, uh, or $14 million it's made in its opening weekend. Number two, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. $22.8 million. Uh, the second, I guess, Jack Reacher movie. I don't know. Are these any good? Have you seen the first one? No, I kind of wanted to see the first one because Werner Herzog is the bad guy. Werner <laughs> Herzog's that... awesome. Yeah, yeah I thought that was kind of cool. So uh, thirty-nine. <laughs> That's why I wanted to see it. 
this one's not doing so good. 39% with 163 reviews. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one's not that one's not fair. So oh, if you listen to Robert Kirkman, Jack Reacher's like a perfect movie, so. Oh, there you go. Well, the second one, not so much. Uh, and the number one movie this past weekend, Glenn, Boo! A Medea Halloween. I can hear the excitement in your voice. Well, the quote Tom Hanks. I love going to a movie that I can laugh and read the Bible afterwards with my family. <laughs> 28.5 million <laughs> opening weekend. Uh, oh, Doug, it was fun while it lasted. Uh, it is 25% on the tomato meter. Even worse than Jack Reacher. Yeah. Uh, movies opening this weekend. There's only one major one opening this weekend, but there is a, believe it or not, Glenn, there appears to be a documentary that is opening wide this weekend. I don't know what that means. Oh, is it that Michael Moore, like, secret documentary made about Donald Trump? No, it is not the secret Michael Moore documentary. It is actually a Leonardo DiCaprio documentary called Before the Flood. Which apparently is starring him, Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, John Kerry, and Elon Musk. An epic documentary follows Leonardo DiCaprio as he travels the world to examine firsthand the effects of climate change and to learn more about possible ways to prevent catastrophic Most damage. It. it snowed! i seen it snow! <laughs> Can't be no global warming if it's snowing. Mm-hmm. 69% on the tomato meter with 16 reviews for this documentary that is supposedly getting a wide release. Uh, the main non-documentary film re- being released is is already out. Everybody can go see it right now if they want to. Inferno, which is the latest in the Dan Brown novel-adapted films, the first being Da Vinci Code, the second being Angels and Demons. I think this is the fourth book. I think they skipped over whatever the third book was. Um, this is Tom Hanks, Felicity Jones, uh, Ben Foster. I liked Angels and Demons. Yeah, I liked it as well. Uh, I mean, I, I thought The Vinci Code was okay, but I liked Angels. The only reason why I liked The Vinci Code is Paul Bettany is really good in that movie. Uh, but uh, I like I liked Angels and Demons. It's interesting little play on uh, on the Vatican. And uh, sounds like they got the 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 best Dan Dan Brown quality stories out of the way first because Inferno is sitting at twenty four percent with ninety nine reviews. Senselessly frantic and altogether shallow, Inferno sends the Robert Langdon trilogy spiraling to a convoluted new low. Yeah, what's happening to you, Ron Howard? I don't know. I saw that in the heart of the sea when I was on my plane mm-hmm. coming back from England. Is it good? I have it on my HBO queue. It's not terrible. No? I mean, they do cover the cannibal stuff, but man, like that whale... Maybe is like maybe forty five seconds. Hmm. Like in totality, you maybe yeah. see the whale for like forty five seconds. That's a shame. Yeah, I, I the marketing for that movie. Like if they marketed it just as like this sea voyage gone wrong, in general, like. It, yeah. But no, I liked it. Um, I mean, it was it was okay. It wasn't it wasn't the worst thing I saw on the plane. Mm-hmm. Actually, no, it was. Was it? Oh. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I watched Midnight Special, I watched oh, yeah, yeah. Tank Cloverfield Lane, and I watched Hail Caesars, and all three of those I thought were really good. But if you don't like Hail Caesar, I completely understand, because Coen Brothers have some of the oddest taste in comedy. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, man, so that's the that's the box office, that's what's coming up this week in movies. I have no idea if we're going to get another frantic week flooded with uh, movie news like this, but uh, in case we don't... Really odd. Yeah. Uh, middle of October. That's kind of weird. That is a little weird, but a bunch of it came out, so we're happy to talk about it. Uh, Doctor Strange is going to be opening in the United States. Ben has already seen it and said that he, he liked it. Uh, so, Stephanie. That's right. Stephanie, uh, Stephanie also saw it, although Stephanie doesn't work here anymore, so... <laughs> I just I'm just forgetting she exists. Uh, actually, she got um, she screening. She got well. I mean, she she's been going to screenings for a long time in the Philippines, but she's uh, she got a job I think working with a bigger publisher of news and entertainment. 
uh, in her home country because uh, she messaged me to let me know that uh, even though we weren't doing uh, written review stuff anymore, she wouldn't be able to do it anyway, and she can't even run her own blog anymore. Uh, she exclusively has to write for this place. So oh, shit. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Uh, well done in getting a getting a good job out of this. So, uh, yeah, she liked it. Ben liked it. Uh, it's coming out this, uh, not this weekend, but the weekend after. It's like the 8th, I think, is when it's opening. 4th, but okay. Um, is it? I thought it was the 8th. Or is, it, or is the 4th like the early release openings? 4th mm, is next Saturday, bro. Or next Friday. Or was the 8th? Huh. Maybe it's the 4th. I don't know. Uh, sometimes I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, fourth is next Friday, so yeah. Yeah. Next Friday uh, is when the film is opening. In a week, the film is opening here in the United States. So I'm sure most of us will probably see it, and then we will uh, we will get to talk about it, the next chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So uh, if nothing else, we will have that to discuss. Uh, but if there is, in fact, nothing else to discuss... Uh, there's always other things to listen to at cinemageekly.com as we have a bevy of other podcasts that are currently active. Here, The Walking Dead, Walking Dead Season 7 just started and is creating all sorts of controversy. Uh, Flashing Arrow, Glenn and I are keeping up with the DC superhero shows. Uh, the Great Escape is back. Uh, Podcasters of S.H.I.E.L.D. has just relaunched a new set of episodes because we're sitting down to watch Luke Cage. So there is plenty of other stuff, and of course we approve it as uh, slash the following has been approved. They're always releasing new episodes every week, and Glenn's got another flip for side B, probably talking more in-depth about the Nintendo Switch. And uh, what's that book you're reading right now? Uh, American Alien. American Alien, the Superman book. Yeah, by Max Landis. Maxwell Landis! The man with rainbow hair. Yeah, it's pretty good so far. I really like it. Uh, so yeah, man, there's all of that. Uh, if there's nothing new Cinema Geekly podcast-wise, there's going to always be stuff with the other shows that we are carrying on the website. Just go to cinemageekly.com and check it out. Uh, what else am I missing here? Uh, the social media is Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all at Cinema Geekly. You can email us by sending a, uh, an email to cinemageekly at gmail.com. And I think that is it. So for Glenn Beauvais, I'm Anthony Lewis, and we will be back probably next week talking Doctor Strange on yet another Cinema Geekly podcast. (laughs) 